Welcome to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we talk about strategies, success stories, and advice about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, chair and co-founder of I Relaunch, and your host for today. Today, we are thrilled to have relauncher Mara Feldman as our guest, talking about relaunching in pharmaceutical sales. Mara is an area field trainer in the Novo Nordisk sales training department. In this leadership development role, her role is to coach, train, and help to develop salespeople. Previously, she was an award-winning pharmaceutical sales representative with Novo Nordisk in Northern New Jersey. And before her career break, Mara was a multiple award-winning pharmaceutical sales representative, as well as a regional trainer. Following the birth of her first child in 2001, Mara became a stay-at-home mom for nine years. And shortly after relaunching her career in pharmaceutical sales in 2009, Mara's return to work story was featured in the Wall Street Journal. So welcome, Mara. We're so excited to have you. Thank you so much. I am absolutely thrilled to be here today. Well, we know that you're going to have a lot of great information for our audience because Sales is an area where we want more and more relaunchers to consider and relaunchers who had prior sales careers um, before their career breaks, we want um, them to see what success looks like when you relaunch in, in sales. So I know you've had quite a relaunch journey and I want to know before we get into the details of your relaunch, can you just talk about what attracted you to a sales career in the first place and what you think made you so good at it? Okay, so that's a that's a really fantastic question, Carol. And you know, one of the things I kind of realized when I was in school, meaning um, at university, was that I was planning on going to law school and I got my degree in political science and it was always my my plan to to do that. But I soon realized that I didn't want to go to law school, but I really enjoyed helping people. And I decided since actually my father was in sales that I might actually try my hand at sales, being that I enjoy helping people and solving problems. And the best thing was, was that I got a job right out of school and I didn't need to go to, to graduate school. So that was one of the, the first uh, things that kind of came to my mind. And I actually started in, in payroll services. I sold payroll services for ADP. And one of the things that I, I realized right away was once I realized what product I was selling and I just became passionate about it, I just became passionate about helping people solve problems with the product that I was promoting. So um, in this case, I was helping people with their um, run their business more efficiently. And when it comes to pharmaceutical sales, we're talking about helping people live healthier lives. And that's something it's, it's not difficult to become passionate about helping people um, live longer or just be healthy in general. So that's really interesting. Um, and you had this early exposure to a sales career because you grew up with a father who was in the field. Was this something you talked about at the dinner table or did um, you ever hear him tell stories about, um, you know, success stories and failure stories in his sales career? Or was that something that you had to learn on your own later on? Yeah, that, that's another good question. I mean, my dad actually was, uh, he sold paper for a living, uh, commercial printing paper. 
I don't remember him actually talking too much about it. Uh, but I remember when I was in college, uh, I, I had a friend that was actually planning on going into pharmaceutical sales when he graduated. And um, I just became immediately very interested in it. Uh, I had never heard of pharmaceutical sales. I didn't know what it was. Um, but one of the things that I quickly learned was that uh, pharmaceutical companies wouldn't hire people without um, without pharmaceutical sales experience. So you really needed to get some experience actually selling in business to business selling first. So that's why I decided to uh, learn how to sell. Uh, it's actually a, a, a skill. I, I took a few classes at the University of Delaware to actually learn actually how to sell. So so you were a student of the sales process while you were actually anticipating and then in the early stages of a sales career. Exactly. Yeah. So the last uh, two years um, when I was at University of Delaware, I took as many sales and marketing classes that I could. Um, and looking back, I would have loved to have gotten a, a business degree, but instead I filled all my um, just elective requirements with um, intro to selling, um, marketing, and those types of things just to really understand business and sales. Um, so that certainly helped me for my first job out of college. And then, so you had your first job out of college and then you um, switched maybe a couple years later into the pharmaceutical sales role? Is is that the timeline? Correct. Yes. I worked for ADP for two years and then my first my, my first pharmaceutical sales job, which was, was with a company called SmithKline Beecham, which we now know as GlaxoSmithKline. Mm. So, and that's, that's where I stayed for five years um, up until the birth of uh, my first child. Yeah. So that was exactly where I was going with my next question is how hard was it for you to take the career break when your first child was born? Yeah, so I knew ahead of time uh, that I was planning on stopping work. And the reason being is that my my husband and I actually, we had discussed this uh, when we got married, that I was going to be a an at-home parent, at least for some time. My husband grew up in a, a, a two- a, a two-income household, so his mom worked, and he remembered being a what we used to call in the '70s as a, a latchkey child. So we decided that for our family, um, we were going to make the choice that I was going to stay home. So I kind of always knew that once I had a child, I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. And I remember just the hardest part was really just that phone call to my boss at the time when I told him I wasn't coming back because of course it was a, a huge surprise to him. And I remember him mm -hmm. saying, what do you mean you're not coming back? And I remember holding my baby in my arms saying to myself, okay, once this phone call is over, it will be all okay. And it was, it was just very hard to make that phone call. And then, um, how long were you home and what was your thought process when you were home and how did you know when you thought you were ready to go back? So that's a that's an interesting question. Well, I started thinking about coming back. I'll never forget when I went to um, pick up my daughter at um, preschool one time. And this was, of course, about four years before I came back. But um, my daughter's preschool teacher informed me that all the children went around in a circle and talked about what their mothers did. And my daughter said, my mom goes to the gym and she goes to Target. So <laughs> I realized that I, I, to my, yeah, <laughs> I said to myself, 
is this the type of role model that I want to be setting for my for my young daughter? And I started thinking right then and there that no, I thought about no, I, I had a career and I won awards and I had this life and. I guess I started to miss it uh, right right then and there. I, I started thinking about it. And um, so about four years later is when I decided to return. And I guess what kind of fueled the decision uh, for me to return was it was during the recession. And at that point, we, we actually needed, need, needed the income for me to go back to work. Um, so how did you know where to start and what were some of the first steps that you took? So you're saying... This was back in maybe 2008 or 2007 when you were first thinking about it? Exactly. Yeah. So we're like heading right into the the worst of the recession. Exactly. So I started thinking about it in in 2009, 2008, 2009. And so it's almost hard for me to remember because um, I know I finally got that job in about 2009, but it was the year and a half before because nobody would hire me. And it, it took so long to, um, I, I had many interviews and I, I tried to reach out to my previous contacts. Um, there wasn't really a process. There wasn't this fabulous um, resource like I relaunched to, to help uh, back, back, back then. So I, I tried to, I, I applied to many jobs online. I reached out to previous contacts um, but jobs were very hard to come by and many pharmaceutical companies were laying off at the time. So I was competing with candidates that really had only been out of work a month or so. Um, and my, my, my resume reflected sales results from nine years before. So it was hard for me to prove to people that I could sell. Right. You know, those of us, uh, and I, I'm included in this, who relaunched our careers 10 you know, plus years ago, I relaunched in 2001. The environment was not at all like it is today. There, there were no programs. There was no media attention on, on the whole concept. We, you know, I know I didn't know a single other person who was relaunching when I relaunched. And I felt very isolated. And in 2008, 2009, we had the overlay of the really difficult economy. And that was a tough time to be making this transition. Exactly. Um, so anyway, I, I wanted to understand what you did end up doing. And did you talk to people who you knew before? Did you go to professional associations? Did you take a course? Did you like what were some of the steps that you took that you would attribute um, to getting the first job uh, after your career break? Yeah. So what I did was I definitely reached out to everybody that I knew um, and just tried to get my my name out there. Um, these were previous managers. And a few of them were able to set me up with some interviews. But unfortunately, what happened was that a few of the companies that I was trying to get back into, so these were the larger pharmaceutical companies, were very strict at the time with having to have sales results from the past two years. And I just, I just didn't have that. I had, I had no sales number. So they, they would give me interviews, but they, I would be going up against people who had more recent sales numbers. So every time I was kind of getting um, beat out at the last minute. So I kind of had to change my strategy a little bit. And I decided to kind of take a step back a little bit 
and not shoot for the top. I realized that I was coming back fresh and new and that I wasn't going to get a job with um, one of these large uh, companies. So what I did was I started to apply more to contract sales organizations. And this is something that I have been recommending to um, other women who have tried to relaunch back into pharmaceutical sales careers. The contract sales organizations, or we call them CSOs, they, they usually will, as we say, maybe take a chance on somebody. And what they do is they're, they're hiring for short-term sales contracts. So usually for one or two years, or sometimes as short as three months. And they're contracted out by the larger pharmaceutical companies to work on promoting a product for a short period of time. So when I finally started refocusing my efforts on those types of companies, that's when I finally saw success. And that's where I landed my first job back um, into, into, into pharmaceutical sales. So, right. I mean, I just want to underscore this for people who are listening uh, and people who are anticipating returning to sales careers that Mara's strategy was to go for that contract opportunity. And sometimes we will tell people, go for the interim, the temporal, the contract role in order to get your foot back in the door. In this case, it was for this very practical reason where you had to have a recent track record of sales success. And this was a way to get it, right? Exactly, exactly. And um, I'll never forget the the woman. Uh, I, I hope I don't get emotional uh, when, I, when I tell you this story, but... This, this woman that interviewed me, uh, she, she looked at me across the table and, and, and she said to me, you know what, um, somebody just has to give you a chance. So that, that is what she did. And, you know, um, a, a, a year and a half later, it was that wonderful woman who, uh, who gave me a chance. And that is how I finally uh, was able to get back in. And after, I guess, interviewing for a year and a half, instead of, you know, feeling beaten down, I think I was just more determined than ever. And I think they even have a word for it uh, these days. Somebody even wrote a book about it. It's grit. And a little bit of grit will actually get you very far in your job search. You do need to be very gritty. And um, that certainly helped me. And luckily, this woman recognized it. So. Yes, I love the story, grit and resilience and being patient. And, uh, you know, she was exactly right. And, you know, I pretty recently uh, was asked to give a talk at, at Dreamforce, which is, you know, the big Salesforce, uh, like huge, enormous conference that takes place in the Bay Area. And I was talking about relaunching in sales. And I, and I used your example as one, a number of examples that I, I was showing a largely employer audience um, to make the point that you know people who have uh, sales in their blood, who have sales talent, don't lose that talent because they go on career break. And the companies that have taken a chance, as, as the, your recruiter told you, um, on relaunchers who have strong sales backgrounds have been rewarded in spades because that's, that sales talent um, gets revved up again and you you know a high performer before is a high performer again so you are a perfect illustration of that and that woman was exactly right so like so what happened you you hit the ground and and just gave it your all and and put it got some good numbers and then you were able to move up from there and 
Correct. So one thing about taking a, a break from really anything is absence makes a heart grow fonder, right? So when I, when I came back, when, <laughs> when I finally came back, first of all, I was just raring to go. And I think I've heard you, you mention that in your, in your TED Talks. Uh, you know, I'm not burnt out. I am so excited to go. I, I have, I'm excited to show up to work every day. I'm going to work uh, probably put in about 150% just because I know in my heart that I need to prove myself. And that's exa- exactly what happened. So I was on a, you know, a contract and immediately um, I did see some, some success. And, you know, it, I was a little, I would say not confident at first. I hadn't been back in the pharmaceutical arena. It takes some time to learn products. Luckily, they put you through some nice sales training. Uh, they teach you the, the products. Um, but once I got back out there, um, it was I did see some immediate sales success. And what happened was I ended up actually only staying at the contract sales company for about a year and a half. And I was able to use my immediate success that I had there and connections that I uh, I met other salespeople in the field, and I met a woman from my previous employer, GlaxoSmithKline. I met her in a doctor's office. They had an opening, and boom, I had an interview, and I got myself a new job and increased my salary that way by by switching companies. So, and, you know, and that's something else I actually think I should touch upon. A lot of relaunchers, I'm sure, want to come back to the workforce and earn the same exact amount of money. When I came back to work, I actually took a salary, a 50% salary cut, even though it was nine years previous. And I also remember what that recruiter said to me, what the day that she said she was going to give me a chance. She said, Mara, you're not going to make, um, you're not going to make the same amount of money like the, the sales representatives do at the, at the parent company, but you're not going to have to work as hard. That's also what she said to me. But I knew in my heart that I was going to work twice as hard um, and that I knew in my heart it would probably be temporary so that I could gain employment um, and also get paid you know, what I knew that I deserved or what I was earning previous to when I, I left, if you will. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that story. And I love the very specific examples and conversations and steps that, that you took. I want to uh, just mention to those of you who are joining um, in the middle that you're listening to 321 I Relaunch. It's the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice and success stories for returning to work after a career break. This is Carol Fishman Cohen, your host. I am speaking with relauncher Mara Feldman, who is an area field trainer in the Novo Nordisk sales training department and has a long-term record of uh, award-winning pharmaceutical sales experience, and that included a nine-year career break. And we are talking about the steps that she took when she was getting back in after that uh, career break and how she hit the ground running and gave it 150% and was so thrilled to be there and uh, how her contract consulting or contract sales role led to the, the next sales role that she had, which was, was that a contract sales role again, the second one, or was that a more traditional sales role 
Um, yeah. So actually that was more of a, uh, a traditional, that was a, what we call a, a direct hire position, but actually ironically, because the economy was still not very good at that time. So at this point now it's around 2010 when I took this job, uh, this was actually a temporary job, even though it was with the actual pharmaceutical company. So it was going to be a three year position. So about a year and a half into that position, even though I was achieving sales awards and I was really hoping they'd let me stay, uh, unfortunately, it was not, I wasn't going to be able to stay. So about a year and a half into that role is when I started my networking again. And uh, I had my sights set on Novo Nordisk. That's really where I had wanted to be when I first came back to work, but I knew I couldn't, uh, I couldn't be at Novo Nordisk without sales experience or without pharmaceutical, recent pharmaceutical sales experience. So I, I, I knew a Novo Nordisk representative and I ran into him one day uh, in a doctor's office and I expressed to him that I was, I would love to come to Novo Nordisk. And I knew that they had an opening in the, this Newark, New Jersey territory. And he said, wow, fantastic. You know what? I'm going to introduce you to my sales manager. And the very next day, that's what happened. And that's how I got my interview and my break and getting into uh, Novo Nordisk. And that was uh, six years ago. And I'm still here. So, wow. Um, um, Mara, I need to ask you a question. When you say you run into people in the doctor's office, is that because you were in a sales role in that doctor's office? And so was the other person and you kind of met the person as you were coming in the door and they were walking out or was it, were you in the waiting room because yeah, you're both correct. waiting? To yeah, I, I, I should definitely clarify. <laughs> so in our role as pharmaceutical sales representatives and our role is to educate physicians, we have to wait in the waiting room just like patients to have time with the physician. So oftentimes, uh, you know, we're waiting in the waiting rooms. There could be two or three sales representatives. And of course we get to, to talking and that's how I would network and try to get as many business cards as I as I could to know all the different representatives from the all the different local representatives from all the the organ the pharmaceutical companies. So this particular representative from Novo Nordisk, I used to run into him a lot at the same doctor's offices. Uh, in pharmaceutical sales, we typically work in a territory and most pharmaceutical companies have similar territories. So they have territories called like Newark, New Jersey, and it's usually about, you know, five different towns. And your role is to visit or call on all the physicians within a given territory. So usually you run into all different pharmaceutical representatives calling on the, the physicians. So you, you get to know the other representatives and it's a really great way to, to network and build your, your network. That's pretty amazing. So actually, while you're on the job, while you're doing your sales job, you are sometimes in this, have this networking opportunity just because of the other people who are sitting there in the doctor's office. Exactly, exactly. And that's always the advice that I give to relaunchers who are trying to come back into pharmaceutical sales. I really encourage them to take um, a job that, you know, really any pharmaceutical sales job that they can because once you're once you're employed, you're you're going to be able to network and meet others. But you really just need to get out there and get out into the workforce, and that's where you're going to be meeting these other people that are also doing the similar roles. Yes, Mara, I need to thank you because over the years you have been a mentor and advisor to up and coming relaunchers who are coming off of their career break and trying to get back into pharmaceutical sales roles. And I know that you have that role at um, 
uh, Novo Nordisk as well with the Women in Novo Nordisk Employee Resource Group. Um, but I want to, for, for the employers who are listening uh, and thinking about hiring people um, into sales roles who are coming back after career break, can you talk about, do you think fundamental sales strategies have changed um, or is it, are those fundamental strategies still the same, but the overlying, you know, customer relationship management software or other technology is what's changed. What, what's different and what's the same from be, when you were um, in sales before your career break? Yeah. So, I mean, I'll address first the, the first part of your question, sales strategies. Um, of course, uh, sales strategies have, have changed. Well, if you think about it, strategies change with every quarter um, but when you think about um, selling skills, those things don't really change. And they're, 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 they're pretty, I, I don't want to say you either have them or you don't, but I will say that once you have them, you do not lose them. And the one thing um, I, I just can remember, I think people still say this to me when we're at meetings, Mara, why are you always so like excited to be uh, at a meeting or why do you always have so much energy? And I think that it is because I am not burnt out. I had nine years uh, to, to be at home with my, my children and my family. And I'm just so, I'm still so thankful and grateful that I have this career. And I think because I had that break, I have a little bit more energy and a little bit more passion than somebody who is actually 20 years into their career um, and maybe just a little bit burnt out. And then, oh, sorry, to address your other question, the customer relationship management software, I think actually it's gotten a little bit easier because now everything that we do is pretty much iPad driven. So most people uh, you know, are using computers and it's, it's actually quite simple to get up and running on the software that we're using. We try to keep, we try to keep things simple. Uh, and most of the time we're using iPads to give our sales presentations. So those are pretty simple to learn how to use. Interesting. And, you know, it's it to me, it's fascinating because we, of course, work with relaunchers in all different fields. And we do hear this theme that, you know, for example, the um, fundamental um, principles of multivariate statistics haven't really changed, but it's some of the technical tools to interpret it or manipulate it is, is what's different, or even like the fundamentals of library science in terms of cataloging has has not changed, but the catalog systems have changed. And so um, it's really, or it's very interesting to hear that theme um, reiterated ac across um, different industry sectors. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the only other thing I would add is the nice thing about relaunching in sales is that so often I hear from women that want to relaunch, oh, I have to go back to school or my degree is outdated. The thing with sales is that you can come back to work and you don't have to go back to school. Most of these uh, companies will train you how to sell their products. And if you can sell Pretty much it's just really about learning the products uh, that you're going to be selling. So keep that in mind, too, when you're thinking about a career and how you want to relaunch. Sales is often a fantastic career to relaunch in simply because you don't have to go back to school or get another degree. Right. And can you comment on how much schedule control you have in sales or or not have and, and what your travel's like? Yeah, so um, as, a, as a pharmaceutical salesperson, first of all, we actually don't 
we actually do not report into an office every day. So we work from our home offices. Uh, we usually leave in the morning because our job is, of course, to go out and see customers all day, but our home base is at our home. So a typical um, a typical day would probably be leaving your house 8.30 and coming back around 4.30, 5 o'clock, but it's, it's extremely flexible being that you don't have to report to, um, you don't have to report to an office every day. Now in my, in my current role, I'm an area field trainer and this, in this job, my, my role is to train our, our sales representatives. Um, and sometimes I actually do quite a bit of, um, of travel with this job. But uh, as I was telling you, Carol, when we were offline, that's actually my, my favorite part of the job for all you moms out there. It's actually kind of nice to, uh, to, to get away. I have uh, three teenagers at this point, and I, I simply love business travel, and I always call it the, the working mom's guilty pleasure. I never knew how great a business trip was until I, until I took one. There's, there's hot food that's served, and, you know, it's just it's fantastic. So I, I really do enjoy traveling, and uh, it's a great part of the job. So. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. You know, I love I do a lot of business travel myself. And, you know, um, at, in a, this life stage that I'm in where my kids are older, um, it's actually is fine. Um, and and I and I do also really enjoy it. And I've, I've gotten to see a lot of new places I wouldn't have ordinarily gone to. And, and, and I and it is I think it's fun as well. Um, it, now, a couple more things. So can you talk about um, when you felt you were really fully back? Um, like, was there a moment where you kind of took a step back and thought, wow, I am back now, um, you know, fully integrated into my professional life again, and performing at a level, which I don't, I don't know how you measured that relative to where you were before your career break. But was it a moment? Or was it is was that not something that registered with you one way or the other? Yeah, so no, I can definitely relate to this question. Uh, even though I've, I've been back at work now for seven years, actually, no, eight, eight years, I think I'm losing track, that means I'm having fun. Uh, but, but before I took my, my career break, I was at a point in my career where I was about to become a leader of others, or a, a, sale, a sales manager, I was a, a trainer um, at GlaxoSmithKline. And um, I was about to become a sales manager. And I was really excited about taking on that next role. So when I decided to take time off, I also gave up uh, that opportunity that I knew was going to be coming in a few months. So when I came back to work, it was my intention to be in pharmaceutical sales and then become a trainer and then become a leader of others. Just the nature of our business and the fact that I switched companies a few times, it's taken me a little bit longer than I expected to, to get into more of a leadership role. So last year when I was promoted to my new role, which is a, I'm an area field trainer, I finally felt at that point that um, I was fully back because of the fact I was a trainer before I left. I'm a trainer now, and I'm developing into be a leader of others, which is where I was when I left. So that's that was really like my aha moment, and that was uh, last year. So I'm I'm back on a roll now where. Although I'm not educating physicians every day, in this current role, I get to mentor, I get to, uh, I get to, to train, and to coach, 
which are three things that I absolutely love to do. I like to watch others develop. I like to help people. So it's this um, transitional role that I'm, I'm really, really uh, enjoying right now. Well, I, I'm thrilled to hear that. And it's a great way to end our conversation. It's too short, I know. But um, before we finally wrap up, I want to know if you can tell our audience of relaunchers your top piece of advice for them, even if it's something that we've already talked about during our conversation today. Yeah, so my advice is to don't think too hard about whether the job that you're, if you're given an offer, whether that's your end all be all job, just take a job where you're going to meet others and get out there and think of it as a a springboard, if you will, to something that might lead to something greater. And don't be afraid to take a job that's that's going to pay you less than you otherwise feel you deserve because before you know it, you'll be proving yourself and you'll be earning that salary that you got before you left. That's excellent advice. Thank you, Mara, so much for joining us today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Carol. Sure. Well, you've been listening to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. This is Carol Fishman Cohen, chair and co founder of I Relaunch, and your host for today. For more information about I Relaunch, go to irelaunch.com. And if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes and your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media. Thanks for joining us.